Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about what the Bible says about Christians disobeying government when they tell us not to worship together. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, uh, and in the blink of an eye, churches had to make major changes to the status quo last month. I joke that uh, some of the things we're seeing change over the course of hours would have taken six months of discussion and, and meetings before all of this. If you would have told me that I needed to organize a drive-through service, I would have laughed at you. And yet, here we are. I know it feels like a year, but really it's only been a month or so. And the church looks radically different, at least on the outside, from where we were in February. In many ways, I pray that the church has risen to the occasion. You see Christians helping each other in their communities, reaching neighbors. Uh, maybe we never would have otherwise with online services and prayers uh, prayer meetings and, and classes, uh, demonstrating the power of prayer and all sorts of other things. And, and what a testament that is to God's ability to guide us through this situation. But at the same time, when we rush into the kinds of changes we've had to make, we've also missed out on the kind of prayerful deliberation we're used to. That's not always a bad thing. I'm reminded uh, of the question Jesus asked about uh, if it were the Sabbath and your animal fell in a ditch, would you help it out? And the answer was an obvious yes. That decision, uh, of course, it had large theological consequences. And yet anyone who heard Jesus ask that question knew they would just instinctually help the animal. But now here we are a month into this, and it's time that we look back and we see if, if we need any course correction. Did the immediate in the moment answers we came up with to respond to this crisis line up with God's word? And if not, how do we change direction? For now, while the, the government continues to uh, enforce stay at home orders, even on churches, arresting people, uh, trying to worship together, I think the most prominent question we've been faced with so far in this crisis, and as we're accepting questions right now for the Q&A episode next week, this made up about a third of the responses we've gotten so far, and that is, should we obey the government and health authorities during this? But, you know, Biblically speaking, are they allowed to dictate how we worship? There our answer in the moment here in Greenfield, and it seems like the vast majority of congregations around the world, was yes, they are allowed. There were a few holdouts, some uh, we're very public. We saw them in the news with police at the door. I know of some uh, small congregations who, who kind of flew under the radar and stayed open. It was a tough decision, especially in the early days for elders uh, to make for their individual congregations. And it was up to them to uh, hopefully prayerfully make it under a tight deadline. And it's still a decision. Every congregation is responsible for making individually. But now we have an opportunity to prayerfully look to the Bible together for more thorough answers that, that we can defend, you know, regardless of the decisions we've made up to this point. We need to open up God's word with an open mind and ask, are we sinning if we break the law to worship together? Are we sinning if we stop worshiping or, or worshiping together under the threat of government force? And does 
the perception of all of this matter? And the question that's probably most important looking forward, does time matter? In other words, maybe we decided we could look the other way for a week or two. But do our answers change if the government demands we don't meet together for many months? Some are uh, even speculating about a year or even more where large gatherings would be banned and that the government may permanently regulate certain changes for those large gatherings. You know, we're going to look at those questions individually tomorrow. But before we can get there, we need to take a brief look at what the Bible says about obeying authority. Romans chapter 12, uh, chapter 13, give us the main point. Paul writes in chapter 12 uh, about treating your enemies well, and by so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, uh, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Then Paul transitions to talking about a government that the Roman Christians, who he was writing to, would have understandably viewed as evil in chapter 13. He writes, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Uh, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They're God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. So the general principle is this, as a matter of practicality and of conscience, we should obey the governing authorities. Government should do what is right. Government should do what is good. Uh, maybe even now do what is smart. They should use their power to punish wrong, not righteousness. And authorities will be judged by God like the rest of us when they fail to do that. As for us though, we should obey not because their orders are always right, but because they will make our lives difficult otherwise, and it would violate our conscience. When they do the wrong thing, uh, as Paul just said, don't pay back wrong for wrong in chapter 12. That's the default position of Christians. So when the government demands that churches close their buildings and stay six feet apart, our default answer position should be to obey. And that's what we saw for the most part. Now, obviously, this was more than uh, just a matter of, of law. It's more nuanced than that. There are health and, and safety concerns uh, before most states told us to stay at home. But for now, let's just put those aside and focus on uh, the, the stay-at-home orders from government. When the government said, go home, Paul says to the Romans, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. That said, though, we know that default has some important exceptions. We can point to uh, the Old Testament example of Israel following God to break free from their bondage in Egypt. Uh, we can look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego boldly standing before a king and refusing to bow down and serve his gods. Uh, in the New Testament, we have the example of Peter and John who said, 
uh, when they were asked to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, that'd be an interesting way of honoring uh, and subjecting yourself to authority. So clearly, there are some exceptions here. While the Bible makes it very clear that our default is submission, we also have a clear instruction where government irreparably forces us to stray from God's commands. And for us, that's the pattern of God's word. We have an obligation to rebel. You know, let me add one more clause onto that sentence from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul writes, I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, this buttresses what he wrote, what Paul wrote to the Romans. One of the principal reasons to obey government, to pray for them, is that they will allow us to peacefully serve God. He wrote in Romans 13, 5, uh, to obey, to avoid possible punishment. So our exception to the default position of obedience can be said like this, where government irreparably forces us to stray from the pattern of God's word, we have an obligation to rebel in a way that will most allow us to peacefully and quietly live godly lives. Sometimes we may need to boldly disobey worldly authorities like Peter and John did, and that's necessary to obey God. Uh, they weren't shy by any means, but they also had the people on their side. After they, they, they said those words, Luke wrote, after further threats, the authorities let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. And for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. You know, the people, they were on their side. And what they said, it didn't stop their ministry. But we see many more examples of Paul running from town to town, fleeing persecution, fleeing government intervention. He was obeying authority or disobeying authorities too, but he knew that his situation called for him not to just stand firm and face those authorities head on in defiance, but to do what was required by God, preach the gospel, and then move on. So as we get to our specific questions tomorrow, I think there are two parts of this exception that should play key in our thinking. The first is that word irreparably. If the government or any other authority irreparably forces us to stop worshiping, surely we must disobey. But we need to be careful how we define worshiping. God's pattern doesn't require a building. The early Christians met in homes. They fled to get away from persecution. History tells us about them hiding in caves even. I think they would be stunned by what modern Christianity looks like. So while it's no doubt an inconvenience and it definitely changes how we worship, we should be careful to be sure that before we disobey, uh, that the government has truly forced us away from the biblical pattern rather than just from our traditions. The second part is what Paul says here in 1 Timothy 2. We should pray that the government would let us live quiet and peaceful lives dedicated to God. That generally goes against the purpose of, of what at least Americans consider civil disobedience. Civil disobedience 
is supposed to be loud and designed to get attention. That's not what Christians should do, though. The examples of, of disobedience in Scripture show us sometimes we need to stand firm. But we only do that so far as it's required to be able to continue serving God. There, there's also biblical precedent just for leaving situations where we would be forced to choose between government and God. And I think that will play uh, an important part in answering those questions that uh, you all sent in. So to recap, our default position is to obey authorities. And that's what the vast majority of Christians have done as governments have banned uh, public gatherings. And as we look back to what we've done, and we look forward to the questions we're going to be facing soon, the biblical exceptions to that default are going to be important. Where government irreparably forces us to stray from the pattern of God's word, we have an obligation to rebel in a way that will most allow us to peacefully and quietly live godly lives. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue talking about how Christians should respond to the coronavirus pandemic, and we'll be moving on to part two of this discussion about our submission to authority tomorrow with the questions you sent in. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you about that next time.